start. Father, we sure do love you this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, sending your son to die for us. God, to be born of a virgin and laid in a manger. God, we thank you that he came, God, to fulfill the prophecies. God, that he done it just for us. God, we thank you, Lord, for that. God, we pray this morning that you'd be with us, that you'd help us as we stand to preach. God, we pray, Lord, for each one that's here this morning. God, Lord, each one that's got a prayer request on their heart. God, each one that's got a burden weighing down on them. God, maybe they're in a valley. God, in a trouble. God, I pray that you would touch them, that you'd uh, do the thing that only you can do Father we pray Lord if there's one this morning that's here God that's lost that's never been born again God that uh, is being weighted down by the weight of sin God I pray Lord that you'd speak to their heart God Lord that you'd give them an opportunity to get things right with you God that they might be born again Lord I pray Lord that you'd uh, bless the reading of your word that you'd bless the remainder of this service God that you'd have it all to go according to your will Father we thank you God we praise you for who you are and what you've done in Jesus name Amen Amen. Matthew chapter 1, uh, we're going to skip on down to verse 18. Um, what I've got on my heart is uh, we, we, we heard from Mary and kind of her perspective of uh, the birth of Jesus and what Christmas is about and what it was to her. But uh, what's on my mind is kind of the perspective from Joseph. And some things that we can learn from Joseph. You know, Joseph was, a, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest men of God in the Bible. He, he could have said that, well, my wife has cheated on me. He could have said, well, I'm going to be humiliated. There's a lot of things that Joseph could have done and could have said, but he didn't. He chose to trust in the Lord anyway. And uh, the thought that's on my heart this morning is some things to learn from Joseph. There's a few things that we can learn from Joseph, but here in... Uh, Chapter number 1, verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. This verse here in uh, uh, chapter 1 of Matthew, verse 18, this, this verse is what our entire religion pivots on. Everything about being a Christian is pivotal on the virgin birth. On Jesus being born of a virgin. It was prophesied of that the Messiah would be born of a virgin. And here we see in uh, verse 18 this pivotal moment of when this happened. And everything that we believe in is uh, uh, anchored on this virgin birth. They tried from the very beginning here in, in this time when Mary was found to be pregnant. They tried to tell all through Jesus' day that uh, he was an illegitimate child. That his mother had cheated on his father and that he wasn't uh, uh, conceived of the Holy Ghost as the Bible specifically tells us here in this verse that he was. They tried to say that he had an earthly daddy but if he had had an earthly daddy he would have been born of corrupted seed. The seed of man was corrupted way back in the garden when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil when they ate of that fruit the seed of man became corrupted that's why we are all born into sin today it's because of that sin back there we still make the choice to sin and when we get up to the age that we know what sin is we come under the condemnation of that sin but we're all born into sin but Jesus right here he was born of a virgin he was conceived of the Holy Ghost the seed that he was 
was born of was a holy seed. That's why they call him the second Adam was because he had never known sin and he all through his life he never knew sin. He wasn't corrupted from the birth. And there's a crowd in our day that tries to say that Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. Ever since the day he was born, all through the New Testament, they, they tried to say that he wasn't born of a virgin and that he was an illegitimate child. But even all the way to today, they're still trying to say that. Even some that call themselves Christians that say they've been born again and say that they believe in Jesus, they try to say that he wasn't born of a virgin. But that's a lie. You can't be truly born again if you don't believe in the virgin birth. In order for Jesus to be the propitiation for our sin, in order for the blood that he shed on Calvary to to be able to cover the sin debt that we owed, he had to be born of a virgin. He had to be clean. He had to be incorrupted all the way to the death. And if you don't believe in the virgin birth, you're not a Christian. If you don't believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, you've never been saved. That's what our whole religion pivots on is this moment here. Our whole religion pivots on the birth of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for the death, our sins wouldn't be covered. But if it wasn't for the virgin birth, we wouldn't have a Jesus or a Savior to die for our sins. It all pivots on this moment. You know, it says here, it says now, read that again. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child, with child of the Holy Ghost. So uh, this espousal was kind of like an engagement, but in, in this time it was different than our engagement that we have now. Um, They was engaged, but legally they were married. They hadn't come together yet for the full marriage, but legally they were binding that they were married. So they was, as an engaged couple, the only example that I know really to give on this would be in the Old Testament when uh, Jacob met Rachel and fell in love with Rachel and then he had to work for Laban, her father, for seven years before he could have her to wed. It was the same kind of a spousal, the same kind of engagement. And we think about, you know, Laban uh, uh, made... You know the story that Laban made uh, Jacob work for seven more years. He tricked him and he gave him Leah. But then he had to work for seven more years in order to have Rachel. And I thought about that love that Jacob must have had for Rachel. That was a true love. He worked for her father for 14 years before he ever got the love, the one that he wanted. The the father tricked him and then he had to work seven more years, so 14 years total, in order to get the the, the wife that he had loved and the one he adored and he wanted. And then I thought, you know, that was the same circumstances that Joseph was in here in the scripture. I don't know what the agreement or the arrangement was. Um, I read some things that said most likely they had legal documents drawn up for this espousal period, but there was a time period before they got married that some things had to be accomplished before they could come together and that's the place that they're in here you know I thought about Joseph he had probably known Mary for many years and if he's engaged to be married to her or he is a spouse to her he probably knows her better than anyone else knows her you know I know my wife better than anyone else on the earth knows my wife I know everything about her I mean she knows herself better than I do but other than that I know everything about her I know 
know that uh, uh, before we got married that she was a good woman. I knew before we got married that there was some fruit in her life that she was a Christian. I knew before we got married that she would make a good wife. And in my mind, and uh, this is just how my mind works, I thought she'd make a good preacher's wife. And that uh, uh, self-consciously, I didn't really realize what I was looking for, but that's what I was looking for. And when I found her, that's what I wanted. The Lord had given her to me. I remember riding up prison camp road one day and the Lord spoke to my heart. We hadn't been dating, I don't know, three or four weeks. And the Lord said, that's your wife. And there was no doubt in my mind that that was my wife. And at that point in time, uh, uh, well, we ended up in some arguments. And right before we get married, she might get mad if I tell you this. Right before we get married, I thought about calling it quits. I was upset. The devil was trying to come in before we ever got married. And I believe that the devil was trying to come into Joseph's mind right here before they ever got married. When uh, I can't imagine what the conversation was like when Mary came to Joseph and she said, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Joseph, I'm pregnant. And he knew this woman and he loved this woman. And he knew that she was a just woman. She was a righteous woman. And she tried her best to follow the laws of God. She tried her best to go in the ways of God. And then when Mary come to Joseph, and I believe that Joseph it even says there in verse 19 that Joseph being a just man that could have been uh, interpreted as uh, a righteous man. He was a righteous man as well. He was trying to go in the ways of God. And then when Mary comes to him and she says, Joseph, I'm, uh, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. The angel of the Lord came to me and told me I was going to be uh, conceive a baby of the Holy Ghost. I can't imagine what went through his mind. This thing has never happened before in history. Never before in history has a woman ever ended up pregnant that has never been with a man. A virgin can't get pregnant. That is impossible. I'm sure that's what went through his mind. If Tiffany had come to me before we got married and she said I was pregnant, I would have left her. I would have said, you are not mine. You are a liar. You're not who you said you are. But I loved her. And I believe that Joseph loved Mary. I believe that this is the one that God had given him. I don't know, maybe he had a day riding up prison camp road when the Lord said, that's your wife. But when she came to him, his whole world fell apart. Every plan that he had fell apart. Everything that he was going to do with his life fell apart. He had a plan to marry a wife. He had a plan to make a home. He had a plan to raise children. He had a plan for his career. And his, I'm sure he had his whole life planned out with Mary. But now it's just all fell apart. It's all fell apart. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? This woman has lied to me. There's no way she's pregnant if she's truly a virgin. That's never happened before and it's never happened since. This is the only time throughout history that a virgin has been found to be pregnant. That is a miracle. That is a miracle that's only come from God. That's why I believe what I believe because of the miracles that God has done. I believe it with all my heart. This virgin was born, this virgin conceived a baby of the Holy Ghost. She did. And Joseph could not believe it. If, if your wife came to you and said she is pregnant, you wouldn't believe it either. There's no way, but Joseph, I like what it says, verse number 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. So this man, Joseph, he was a just man. In our day, we would call him a godly man. 
And I believe he would be a Christian. He'd be a real stand-up guy. But he was still a man. But I like what he done here. This shows his heart. This shows who he is. It says that he was not willing to, uh, not willing to make her a public example. Even though he knew this couldn't be right. Even though he knew that she had to have cheated. Even though he knew that he would be humiliated by this thing, this circumstance. Because in this time, if she'd come up pregnant and they was a spouse to get married, everybody's going to know that she cheated. And it makes him a small man. It makes him uh, humiliated. Everybody's going to know what's happened. But even through these circumstances, he didn't want to make a public example of her. Because he loved her. And I believe because he was a godly man. And he was a righteous man. And he had the love of God in him. You know in our day I thought about this. Our day if something like this were to happen. We just react. Instantly we react. We're mad. If Tiffany before we got married would have come and told me that she was pregnant. We had never been together. And she said I've I've conceived a child of the Holy Ghost. I'd have said get out of here. And I'd have come to church and I'd have told told y'all how big of a low down dog she was. And a liar and a cheater. And I'd have told the people at work and all my friends how she'd done me wrong. But that's not what Joseph done. Joseph was a godly man. And I believe if we are godly men and women, when circumstances like this arise in our life, we'll take our time and we'll try to have a heart about it. And it's not about making an example of them. And it's not about uh, keeping myself from falling into the humility and the shame. It's about serving and honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a godly man. And more than his humiliation, he cared more about honoring God than he did his humiliation and his trouble. And that's how we need to be. We need to be in every situation of our life, whatever it may be. We need to care more about honoring the Lord than we do our status. Than we do if we're popular. Than we do if somebody thinks we're a fool because of what's happened to us. Jesus is more important. The Lord is more important. He's the most important thing in my life. He's the reason I'm here this morning. He's the reason that we're here. So they was a spouse together. I like this. Mary was a spouse to Joseph, and she conceived a baby of the Holy Ghost. Get this, you'll like this. Mary means beloved. I noticed this yesterday. Mary means beloved. The name Mary means beloved. Joseph means, and we said this the other day, he shall add. And Emmanuel is who he sent, who the Holy Ghost conceived, means God with us. So you put all them together and it says, Beloved, he shall add God with us. That's who Jesus was. That is what's happened here in this circumstance. Is the Holy Ghost of God, beloved, he, that's God, beloved, he shall add God with us. Hey, 2,000 years ago, God walked on the earth. 2,000 years ago, laid in a manger, was the, uh, of a, born of a virgin, was God in the flesh. He walked among us here on earth. God sent his son, in, in essence was himself, the, one of the three parts of the Trinity to walk with us on earth. And here when she conceived of the Holy Ghost, the angel of the Lord came to her and told her she was going to be uh, conceived of the Holy Ghost and the Lord added God with us. I thought about on the day that I got born again when the Lord spoke to my heart and I repented and turned to God and I asked for forgiveness and He saved my soul. Not only 2,000 years ago did the Lord add God with us, but when I got born again, the Lord 
added God with me. And now He lives down on the inside of me. And I'm not walking by myself. Hey, uh, Gene's a testimony of it this morning that all week long, he told me on Tuesday, he said, TJ, I hope this feeling never goes away. Hey, the fire of God came into his life and the Holy Ghost came in and now he's got God with him. Praise the Lord. The Lord is with us. God with us. Not only was He with us in the flesh, but now He's with me in my heart. He's with me every day, everywhere I go. And He said He'd never leave me. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> he shall add God with us. Amen. <clears throat> Verse number 19 again. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. This is the verse I want to get to. This is the, the, the verse the whole message pivots on. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. You know, I thought while they had this conversation, I wrote a few things down. He knew that Mary, he knew Mary better than anyone. She was a just, righteous, and good woman, and he was in love with her. This changed his whole life, his whole plan of life, his marriage, his home, his kids, his career. I'm sure that he thought, God, how can you have let this happen? That's what I think. God, how can you have let this circumstance of life, this thing that has come to me that looks like it has destroyed everything in my life, how could you have let this happen? When Mary told him, I'm sure Joseph thought of that. And then he thought, what's everybody else going to think? These are the same thoughts that we have on a daily basis when something happens in our life. But I like what Joseph did there. The first line of verse number 20 is said, But while he thought on these things. I don't know how much time was between uh, verse 19 and verse 20. I don't know how much time passed between when Mary told him that she was going to give birth to a baby and he knew that it wasn't his, but there was some time that passed and it said that he thought on these things. I don't know what all Jesus, or Joseph done, but it said that Joseph was a just man. And I know that a just man and a righteous man and a man that's trying to follow the will of God, I bet he was doing some praying. I bet there was some more than just thinking going on during this time. He pondered on it and he thought about it. But I believe that during this time he was probably doing some praying. Instead of uh, reacting right off the top, getting mad, kicking her out and kicking her to the curb and telling everybody what a low down dog she is, he thought on these things a while. There's some things that we can learn from Joseph and we need to think on some things a while. We just react instantly. The preacher can say something in church and we get plumb mad and say we ain't never going back to that place. We'll say he ain't nothing but a low down dog and he shouldn't have never said that. But we're all human and we all make mistakes and things happen. We need to take some time before we react. And if you're a child of God, I believe that the Lord will tell you in your heart because he's with you that we need to take our time and think on these things a while. We can learn some stuff from Joseph. I believe that Joseph prayed about this thing. I believe he did. He'd seen that his whole life was uh, getting torn apart. All his dreams, all his hopes, everything that he looked forward 
two was getting tore down and I believe he prayed on these things a while. I don't know what kind of scrolls he had. He probably didn't have a Bible to hold in his hands like we've got of the Old Testament but I bet you studied the Word a while. If you're ever looking for an answer to your prayer or you're looking for an answer to a circumstance of your life, it is held within these pages. A righteous and a just man will look for the answer in the Word of God while they think on these things. I bet he prayed a while. I bet he read the Word a while. But get this, I bet he continued to worship. He continued to worship just because the circumstance of life come to him didn't mean that God wasn't still God. The first thing that we do when a bad circumstance or a valley or a hardship or a heartbreak comes to our house, the first one we quit on is God. We quit on God. But what Joseph didn't know was that right around the corner, the greatest honor of his life, the greatest blessing of his life, the whole purpose for his life was getting ready to come to pass. You know in our life instead of reacting and overreacting we ought to just pray a while. We ought to just read a while. And we ought to just worship God a while because there's a blessing that we don't understand just out in the near future. Just out in the near future. Anybody ever been through them heartbreak times? There's some here today I know is in heartbreak right now. Hey but there's some getting ready to happen in the future that's going to be the greatest blessing of your life. It ain't for your glory, it's for His, but He's still done it for you. Romans 8, 28, still in the Bible, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and called according to His purpose. Hey, He's working all things together for our good, whether we realize it or not. If you'll keep serving Him, you'll keep praying, you'll keep reading the Word, you'll keep worshiping, He's still working all things together for our good. Joseph did not understand what was happening in this Scripture. He didn't understand what God was doing. He had no idea. He thought it was all falling apart but then just a couple verses later uh, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying Joseph thou son of David fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins Uh, there's some things that we can learn from Joseph The blessing's out in front of us. Even the world, lost people, want to know what the purpose of life is. But they don't ever seek God for it. Joseph took some time, but but while he thought on these things, he took some time and he pondered on the things of God and he pondered on the Word of God and he sought the will of God and while he continued on worshiping God, He found the purpose of his life. He found the reason that he was here. We all want to know what our purpose is. We all want to know what God has in store for us or what God wants us to do, but we don't all want to face the valley that's before it. We don't all want to face the valley that's in front of our purpose. Um, I shared a video. Some of you probably saw it on Facebook. It was Clarence Sexton, and it really spoke to my heart, and the Lord just worked it all together that it went right with this message. But in that video... He's talking about when he was a young preacher and he was listening to a preacher preaching. I think he said he was 22. And uh, he said that the preacher was preaching about before you can ever be used to the Lord, you got to be broken. You must be broken. And he said as a young preacher, he thought, yeah, yeah, you got to be broken. He said, and I prayed. I said, I prayed, Lord, Lord, let me be the exception to the rule. 
Lord, let me be the let me be used of you without having to be broken. Let me, I'm willing to do it, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it, but let me do it without having to be broken. And then at the end of the video, he said, and I don't know how old he was, I think he just passed, didn't he? How old was Clarence Sexton? Anybody know? He made a great difference uh, in the kingdom. He made a great difference for the Lord. But right before he died, he was old in this video. He said, I found that that is impossible. That is impossible. In order for you to be uh, used by the Lord, you have to be broken. You know, I, I know I use Terry and Michelle a lot, but through their circumstances, they never dreamed how that the Lord would use them when Taylor passed. And when they had all these kids, they never dreamed how that the Lord could use them in a way that He couldn't use them before. I know Terry's testified to it that he thought about going to just kill somebody. He thought about just going to do something that he knew he shouldn't do. But instead of overreacting, you just got to think on them things a while. And I believe that's what he did. And there's two boys there that he got to lead to the Lord a few years down the road. If we had jumped to uh, conclusions or we had jumped to react instead of listening to the Lord, they may not have never got what they needed. You know, all of us have them same circumstances in life and we've just got to think on them a while. Don't overreact. Don't jump to conclusions. Be godly in everything we do. Somebody's watching you. Hey, if Joseph hadn't have done what Joseph was supposed to do here in this scripture, he wouldn't have got to be the earthly daddy to the Savior of the world. The most important man that has ever been born, Joseph got to be his daddy. What an honor that is. That's an honor to be a daddy to Jesus Christ. But he did it because he didn't overreact. He did it because he didn't jump to conclusions. He thought on some things for a while. <clears throat> Psalms 27, I'm about done. Psalms 27, verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord. You don't have to turn there, I'm going to read it. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I believe that's what Joseph done here. I wonder while Joseph was pondering on these things, if he didn't turn over to his scroll in Psalms and read oh, Psalms 27 and 14 where it said to wait on the Lord. Hey, instead of overreacting when he read that, I bet he thought, Lord, you've got a purpose for this. Lord, you've got a reason for this. Lord, I know you've given me this woman. I know it was your will for me to marry her because I'm a godly man and before I ever proposed to her, I made sure that it was in your will. Lord, I know there's a reason and I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. There's a reason for every circumstance in our life. We just got to wait on the Lord to give us the answer. I believe He wants to and I believe that He will if we'll just wait on Him and continue to do His will. <clears throat> Verse 21 again. He, and she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The Lord keeps his promises. That's all that says is the Lord keeps His promises. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. 
This was the greatest honor of his life. This was the entire purpose of his life was right after the greatest valley he had ever been through. The greatest heartbreak he had ever felt preceded his greatest accomplishment. His greatest honor, his greatest work for the Lord was preceding that. Tommy, you come to piano. Um, I wrote this down while she's coming. There's three things, three, in the Bible, there's three notable Josephs. And if we're going to learn something from Joseph, I believe that the Lord used Joseph in all these passages to teach us something about him. <clears throat> the first, or the, first, the Joseph we talked about today, he got to be the daddy of Jesus. And let's remember that Joseph means he shall add, meaning that God shall add. Joseph means he shall add. Joseph got to be the earthly daddy of Jesus because he waited on the Lord, because he sought God first. Uh, Joseph, the son of Jacob, the one with the coat of many colors that we preached on there a while back, he waited on the Lord and he inherited the throne in Egypt. He went from being a slave to being the ruler over Egypt. And uh, when the famine came, he saved the whole country. He saved the whole place, his daddy and his family included, because he waited on the Lord. His circumstances, his valley, he waited on the Lord and the Lord added unto him. And then the third Joseph that is, is notable in the Word, there's a few more, but these are the three notable ones is Joseph of Arimathea. And he had the honor of letting Jesus borrow his tomb. What an honor that is. He had the honor of letting the Savior of the world borrow his tomb for three days. <laughs> On the third day, he rose again. He wasn't in there no more. But he had the honor of letting Jesus uh, borrow his tomb while the rest of the disciples fled after the crucifixion. He stuck with Jesus. Hey, the rest of them that was walking with Jesus fled and didn't claim that they knew him because they was afraid they was going to get killed too. But he stuck right there and him and old Nicodemus got to bury Jesus for a few days in the borrowed tomb. That was the honor of his life that came before the, the greatest valley, the greatest affliction. He could have been killed for following Jesus. When they went to the king and they said, can we have the body of Jesus? They could have killed them right there for asking for that. But because he continued to follow the Lord and wait on the Lord and seek the will of the Lord, he had the greatest honor of his life. There's some things that we can learn from Joseph and I believe all it is is to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. This morning you ain't got to stand. Let's just all stay seated. The altar's open. If you need to uh, you need to pray, the altar's open. Just come pray. If you need something from God, maybe you're in a valley, a, a circumstance in life that you never seen coming. If you need some help from God, if you need to seek the will of God this morning, come pray. Come ask Him to help you and give you what you need. He will add to you. I know that He will. He has in my life. He will add to you. If you need to pray this morning, come pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking around but me and the Lord. Every bowed, every eye closed. This morning, I don't know any better day than Christmas Eve, the day before the birth of Jesus, for you to get saved. This is the best day. There's never been a better day then today, listen, if you're lost here this morning, the Lord wants to save you, and I want to pray for you. If you're lost and you've never been saved, and you know that you need to be saved, would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. Preacher, pray for me. God bless that hand. Would there be anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. I'm lost. I know I'm not saved, and I need to be. Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. Amen. Listen, if you raised your hand this morning, if you want to be saved, come to the altar and I'll pray with you. You ask God to save you and He'll save you. I can't pray for you. I can't do it for you, but I can pray with you. 
And if you want to be saved, come on.